everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm Travis. And today we're going to be talking about the 1986 film Critters. And this is another very special Easter egg episode for our good friend JP Vasquez over at the Podmortem podcast. So if you've not already discovered those guys and subscribed, you need to do so immediately. We've said a hundred times we wouldn't be here without those guys. So we wanted to say thank you to them. And I know that Critters is a movie JP has been dying to cover over at Podmortem for the last two years. So we thought, why not why not give him the special easter egg this month is it is that how <laughs> is that how it works <laughs> what do you mean well you know it's, it sounds like maybe he wanted them to cover it <laughs> maybe but i just thought for fun so thank you jp we love you hey jp <laughs> Anyway, so this is a big, and it's, as well as JP, this is a pretty big staple from my childhood. I assume not you so much as per usual. No, not at all. Well, um, what did you think about this? I thought we'd do that at the end. Well, sure, but, you know, first impressions, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah? It, you know, it was it was a good movie. It is, it's what I expect from a mid-80s creature feature. Yeah. But, you know. It was good. This is another movie that I think unfairly doesn't get enough love or attention. I mean, it it did very well when it came out in theaters as well as VHS. But yet, you know, and again, like we talk about most of the films we've covered on this show, one of those that it just doesn't get mentioned in conversation when discussing horror movies. No, it so it, it's a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb and 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic it's at 52%. So mm-hmm. looking at that it's it's very middle of the road sort of critically mm-hmm. but I don't know I don't understand why really. And oddly it, enough this it, is one that Siskel and Ebert gave two thumbs up which never happens in this genre right? Yeah usually they like terrible movies. Like shit all over everything we love. Right. <laughs> That's why we hate them. Right. <laughs> But uh, it seems like this is the type of movie that should have like a cult following. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just couldn't find that anywhere. Not um, really. I, and I, I think it, it lost a lot of its thunder to Gremlins, honestly. Well, this is one of those movies that came in the wake of Gremlins. You know, that movie came out and did so well. And so everybody wanted to jump on that. And, you know, with New Line, everybody, you know, it's known as being the house that Freddie built. But... Critters also garnered them a lot of attention and was very helpful in putting them on the map and stuff. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about Gremlins, this the script for this movie was actually written and bought before Gremlins ever was conceived of. Mm-hmm. And I didn't dig into all the details of it, but I'd be willing to bet that the studio just didn't want to make it until they saw how well Gremlins had done. Possibly. And I think maybe it was a hard sell for the writer because he wasn't Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg was coming off of E.T., brought this to the table, and they were like, hey, everything he touches turns to gold, so let's go with it. Right. They even went as far as to put Dee Wallace in it again. (laughs) Right. So I think that might have had something to do with it. Unfortunately... Gremlins was hugely loved Mm -hmm. and did do very well. And it is a good movie. Mm -hmm. But I think even though this one was conceived first, people thought it was just a ripoff. Mm -hmm. Even though it really wasn't. No, they sure showed E.T. in the end, didn't they? Yes, they did. Ripped his head off. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess uh, you want to get into this? Why not? All right, let's do it. This is your obligatory spoiler warning. At Dead and Married, we talk about major plot points that might ruin films for the casual viewer. If you don't mind spoilers, join us now. Okay, so this movie stars Dee Wallace. She plays Helen uh, Brown. Now, she's the mom. Yeah, I was going to say, can we talk about her for a minute? Because About how she always plays the mom? <laughs> no, but you know, uh, when you talk about scream queens and horror movies, she's not one that typically gets brought up, and I don't think that's fair. I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of her film credits are horror movies. Like she's still doing that shit. Like she's been in a couple of recent Rob Zombie films, and I just don't think she gets the credit she deserves as a scream queen. So yeah, her filmography looks kind of weird because everything seems to be either a horror movie or like a Hallmark channel Christmas special. Side note, if you hear our husky in the background again, just disregard. Yeah, I think it's, it is very strange because she's, she's in some of my favorite horror movies. I mean, you've got, apart from this film, then you've also got Cujo, of course, which is really huge. And then you also have The Howling. And then, I mean, E.T.'s not a horror movie per se, but you know, she's just kind of 
I would say, a genre staple a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. She's not like, I mean, she kind of is a final girl. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the case of Cujo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of anything else that she was in. Like, she's not technically a final girl in this one, but... Well, I think that probably really only equates to slasher films, but still. I just, yeah. I think she deserves more love in this genre. Definitely. Maybe that's... I mean, that's kind of been Rob Zombie's thing in his films is he kind of takes people who were known in the genre and maybe haven't had anything in a while and he just kind of breathes new life into those actors careers and good for him i don't i don't know that i would say he good breathes for her new life into any actor's well think character. about sid haig he had you know he was really big in the exploitation scene and then he just didn't have anything for years and years and years and years and then rob zombie came back gave him house of thousand corpses and yeah he almost had like a second life in his career because he didn't just do rob zombie films he went on to do a whole slew of horror movies apart from him so who is this sid haig oh yeah yeah so yeah good job for him because i've seen i've seen so many actors throughout his movies where it was like wow i haven't seen that person in forever and it's that's a really cool thing yeah well sid will always be captain spaulding to me (laughs) anyway moving on so we've got m emmett walsh he plays harv he's the sheriff Mm -hmm. and he's been in a ton of stuff he was in blood simple he was in blade runner Mm -hmm. uh the original with harrison ford and shit there was another one what was it (laughs) I know you said The Jerk, which I've never seen. Yeah, with Steve Martin. Yeah, but I know him best as a character I really fucking despise. And if we ever decide to get this Patreon off the ground and cover the Tales from the Crypt series like we've been talking about doing, he's in uh, probably one of my favorite episodes, uh, even though he's a character, like I said, that I hate. An episode in season one called Collection Completed about this guy who retires and he comes back home and his wife has collected all these animals. And he's, he's a great actor because I really 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 detested his character in that short i think i actually know which one you're talking about (laughs) right well you better you're gonna have to study all these at some point (laughs) right so we've got uh billy greenbush Mm -hmm. i said that like it was one word it's actually two right billy green bush Mm -hmm. so he plays jay brown he's uh d wallace's husband in this movie the dad he's the dad i I don't know him from anything i don't have much experience with him either because the only thing that i know him in apart from this film is jason goes to hell and he was the sheriff in that i believe right scott grimes plays brad brown he's the um the youngest child of this family brad i I don't know what movies he's been in other than this one he's done a lot of tv work yeah and i don't know if danny bonaducci had a little brother (laughs) well there was another oh my god guys if you're in the age group i am and you watched tv at all especially tv movies um i knew him from a movie called frog and frogs um i think it was about he ended up with a talking frog that's mostly all i remember from it but it was something that i used to watch when i was a kid and then you know travis just brought up tv works of course i know him as uh one of the guys from uh, the Barrel Girls group in season five of Dexter. So that's about the extent of my experience apart from this. Okay. So Nadine Vanderveld, probably getting that wrong, plays April Brown. She's the uh, big sister. Yeah. To... I, I don't know her from anything else. I kept thinking she looked familiar. And the closest thing I can come to is I feel like she gives me Justine Bateman vibes from Family Ties. Maybe that's why she looks familiar to me. But I when I looked her up, I was like, oh, okay. I literally don't know her. I don't know Family Ties. So I'm going to take your word You never for it. watched Family Ties? I, I don't think Weren't so. Weren't you a child in the 80s? Yeah, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I watched that at all. So next we have Don Keith Opper. He plays Charlie McFadden. He's the town drunk, yeah. basically. Uh, Billy Zane makes an appearance in this movie. The greatest actor of our generation. As Steve Elliott. Steve is April's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That's about it. There's not really... <laughs> well, this was very early in his career. This was... Uh, he had like a really teeny blink and you'll miss it part in Back to the Future as one of Biff's goons. And then I think this really? was right after. Yeah. I don't remember that. He well, must have been in the background. And I've never even seen it. So. Yeah. I just know him from uh, Demon Knight, which he was pretty damn good in Demon Love Knight. Love Demon Knight. I, again, um, with Tales from the Crypt, I cannot wait to cover that movie. He played a, a character in Twin Peaks. Yes. And what was the what was that movie where he was like a superhero in a purple suit? Phantom. That's pretty awful. I, I believe that's, again, I one of the greatest right. movies of our time. I think it's pretty terrible. <laughs> And then, of course, we'd be remiss not to mention Titanic, though. It's the biggest jackhole of that movie. (laughs) 
Right. Uh, Ethan Phillips is in this as well. He plays Jeff Barnes. Now, the only thing I know him from is a character on Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep, Deep Space Nine. That, I think I watched Deep Space Nine more than I watched The Next Generation, and yet I literally remember nothing about it. I can't remember the character's name, but he he wore a shitload of makeup. Didn't but, they all? Except for well, the, aliens the main did. guy. <laughs> and finally, we have... Well, not finally, but we have Terrence Mann. He plays Johnny Steele in Bounty Hunter number one. Best character of the movie. And I, I'm going to slap you on the hand right now because you said lastly or finally, and you're forgetting. I, I corrected it. I corrected it. <laughs> Let's say, and you're forgetting all about Lynn Shay. I didn't forget. <laughs> I said not last, and then I'll let you have your little piece there. <laughs> How did you not hear that? You're sitting three feet away from me. <laughs> oh. Yes. Lynn Shay plays Sally. She's the secretary, yeah. I guess. Very the, dramatic uh, secretary. At the sheriff's office. So the way she played that character, I'll go back to Twin Peaks again. I got some, whatever that crazy Lucy? lady's name. Yeah. I got some <laughs> slightly Lucy vibes from her, which I, is a compliment. I don't know about all that, but uh, I can see, you did mention it to me when we were watching it, that you kind of got some Twin Peaks vibes off the sheriff's department. I guess I can kind of see that, maybe. I don't know. It's not. It doesn't go through the whole movie. It's just like that one scene. Yeah. You know, you got the small tariff, small town sheriff coming in. Now I can't talk. <laughs> um, and uh, the kind of weird receptionist who's just saying crazy shit to him. I, I don't know. Well, he, well, he comes in and he's like, what's the news? And she's all like, John Travolta used to be a lounge singer or some yeah. shit like that. And that's... That's that's really all it is. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay. Two more, and mm-hmm. then we'll move on. Corey Burton does the critters' voices. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. I just thought he it was cool that they had an actual person. Yeah, do I the think voices. he said it was a blend of Asian and French that he used. French for and the Japanese. Voices. Yeah. Although I I thought it was just some growling. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like just gibberish. And finally, and I'm only bringing this up because it's on IMDb. <laughs> And IMDb seems to be perpetually broken, <laughs> but they have Adolf Hitler credited <laughs> as a cast member in this movie as self. I don't get that. He shouldn't get any credit at from, all. From archive footage and that he was uncredited in the movie. Adolf Hitler, Hollywood actor. Ugh. I, who, who put that in there? <laughs> I have no idea. I... Oh. <laughs> That was just the dumbest thing I've seen on the uh, Yeah, the, that's that's terrible. It's a mockery. I don't know why you'd credit him for anything, really. But anyway, uh, directed by Stephen Herrick. Are you familiar with him? The name sounded really familiar when I first saw the name in the credits. I was like, where do I know that name from? Where do you know that name from? Oh, you're waiting on me. Yeah, I'm waiting oh, okay. on you. <laughs> oh, well, shit. <laughs> Let me educate you. He also directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's right. Which was awesome. He also did Mr. Holland's Opus, which is not a horror movie or anything. I've never even seen that movie. It's actually pretty damn good. Is it? Yeah. It's a drama. Not normally what I go out for, but it was good. He also did The Three Musketeers. Didn't in see 93. it. All I know from Three Musketeers is that Brian Adams song. What? Is that horrible? I, oh, come on. They ran it on the radio forever. Oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I don't want to sing it. That'll be embarrassing. It would for both of us. <laughs> but yeah, he also did 101 Dalmatians. He, he's I done, watched that recently, actually, uh, with Isabel. Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. Good 90s so, movie. Yeah. He, you know, he did some stuff. He did some stuff. Some things. And some things. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but this was, it was written by uh, Dominic Muir. And See, I thought that sounded familiar, too. But then once I started thinking, about it i was like isn't that a brand of ketchup <laughs> <laughs> like glenn muir's or something uh, maybe that's why i thought it was familiar i don't know maybe you're right <laughs> so i mean he's he's written some movies like high risk and gingerbread man so, versus the evil bong ginger dead man so when oh, i yeah. was going through it it looks like he's and just done a lot of shitty b-horror movies unlucky charms like the full moon pictures type of stuff evil bong three he did the puppet master there you go yeah that's that's all right you he did the puppet master that's all you need to know <laughs> That's that's pretty much it. You can stop after that one. 
So anyway, that's pretty much everybody. Uh, relatively small cast. I mean, there's more people there, but they kind of just come in and out. So again, it's another movie with a small cast. You mm-hmm. get kind of a tight group, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the way I like it. Uh huh. Uh huh. And what? <laughs> Why? Why did you do that? Because you're I could. always getting on to me. <laughs> because I could. So if you're here, you you know the basic premise, and that's that we have these alien prisoners that escape their prison and head for Earth, and basically wreak havoc on a small town. Well, mostly just a family. They don't actually get really on the town in this one. Yeah. So that's something that I really. Like, if you look at a lot of the plot synopsis that are on IMDb, a lot of them say that, that they eat their way through a small Midwestern town. They really just they eat didn't. their way through the brown house. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the bounty hunters were the one who caused the damage in town, so. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that fuck everything up. Yeah. So that's that's the premise. Basically, this family's trying to survive the night, and then we get these two badass bounty hunters that show up to try to stop them, but they're... I mean, they're great at their job, but at the same time, they're really not. (laughs) So uh, chaos ensues all over this town, basically. Yeah. So, Travis, why don't you run me through what you liked about this film? Uh, Do you not take notes, dude? Like, I got notes here. You know I don't take notes. (laughs) You know I don't. When we changed formats and I was like, damn, I don't have to do 12 pages of notes on Halloween. 12. 12 is being generous. You had like 22 pages for one of those movies once. Yeah. (laughs) I was pretty happy about that change. (laughs) So, you know. Okay. So just to start with, like the intro, it's got like a space scene with an asteroid. That right there already looks better than Leprechaun 4. No shit. Oh my gosh. I don't... Did you happen to see what the budget looks like? Because I didn't. But if it was a small budget, then they did a shit ton with it. So here's the deal. Their budget was $2 million. Mm-hmm. You know what the budget was for Leprechaun 4? What? $2 million. Are you serious? Yeah. That is so fucking sad. Pretty because sure. what they did with this movie was great. Because, yeah, I think that's right. But I have to go back and listen to our other review. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Leprechaun 4, the budget was $2 million, and they made back less than that. Wow. This one, they their worldwide gross is just a little over $13 million, So they made nearly... Seven times their budget. Not bad. They did so much in this movie that is great. And I mean, obviously, it's not to certain standards that we're used to now. But for for 1986, it's pretty fucking good. And like you said, that opening space sequence. I mean, sure, there's a couple parts where you can tell there's miniatures and shit. But it looks really good. The practical effects, the makeup effects. Like, we'll get to a scene here in a minute that when I was a kid just freaked my shit out. Yeah. And you can't, here's the deal. You can't knock the use of miniatures. No, oh no, 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 no. Because they did that shit in Star Wars too. Mm-hmm. So miniatures has been kind of a staple. Okay, third time's but... a charm. I'm just going to mention it one more time. And I'm not totally not trying to plug any future episodes of the show. But they used a miniature for the Crypt Keeper's house. So like when you go through those opening credits all up to the house and through the house, it was a miniature. Right. So yeah. You can, you can totally do a lot with that shit. Yeah, no. But overall, not just the, the opening, but I feel like the effects were good throughout the movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they were pretty solid. They were they were on par with what you would expect from a movie in 1986. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't look at it and go, man, those are terrible. Like, they still look pretty damn good. Who were the effects artists? Because you knew them. Yeah, as soon as I saw on the credits, I was like, ooh, fuck yeah, it's the Kyoto Brothers. And I've been an admirer of their work for a long time. You know, they've done uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They've done Men in Black. Um, they did a segment in Tales from the Hood. Like, these guys are great. So you should probably probably just stopped with men in black you know what because the effects on killer clowns not that great well to you but you probably just pissed off a whole all four of our listeners here (laughs) (laughs) i'm not bagging on the movie i'm just saying that is a cult classic but i saw about 20 minutes of killer clowns from outer space before i fell asleep and i believe mister i believe you and our son were sitting there laughing at the majority of that movie i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad movie (laughs) i'm just saying that the effects they had a low budget (laughs) (laughs) they had a low budget (laughs) but allegedly in critters they spent a hundred thousand dollars on the critters Mm -hmm. uh they used moose hair 
Where does one go to get moose hair? I don't know. That's That seemed like a strange choice. I know that they modeled them after the Tasmanian devil, which is cool. That is cool. So. That is pretty cool. I don't know. There was there was another rumor out there. Actually, guess where it is. Guess where it is. It's in IMDb. <laughs> that they actually used Merkins. For the fur on the critters. Okay. So I saw an interview with them that I found. Again. And they used moose fur. As we have stated before, take the things you read on IMDb with a grain of salt. Yeah, because you know what a you know what a, a merkin is? I feel like a dumbass, but no. I didn't either. I had to look it up. <laughs> and after I did, I wished I hadn't. It's a pubic wig. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. I knew it sounded familiar, but like, here's the thing. There's like this band who does these horror parodies on YouTube. And I wanted to think like, aren't those guys called the Merkins? They do a bunch of stuff for Wham. Like, I, I don't know. But yeah, pubewigs. I knew that. Yes. <laughs> it's so, you know, if you, uh, you go in clean shaven. And they need you to not be. Yeah, I think they used a whole shitload of those on the show Spartacus. I bet they did. (laughs) But anyway, so in the interview, the Kyoto brothers said they used moose fur for that. Poor meeses. But there were only like eight what they called hero critters Mm -hmm. that were actually animated. Right. uh, That would move and shit. And those are the ones that they had to protect with their lives to make sure that they didn't get damaged and they had a bunch of other... uh, They were all props, but Mm -hmm. what was considered prop critters. Mm -hmm. Some of them were just fur balls that you would like throw at an actor. Yeah, and then they had actual people in suits for the big forefoot critters. No? That was one person. One person. Well, you know what I mean. There was like only one of them, but, (laughs) but yes, they had a person in a suit. Yeah, and there really there wasn't a lot of drama on this except for one thing that i could find and that's that they got i guess they got behind schedule on uh filming and so they brought in a second unit director mm-hmm. and there was some conflict between the second unit director and the kyoto brothers because he wanted the critters to do things that they were not designed to do mm-hmm. and he explained it or the kyoto brothers explained it like no this is what they're capable of this is what we can, can do and they worked it out and they moved on and they made the movie so you know it's pretty pretty simple but the uh the giant critter was kind of added later Mm -hmm. it wasn't part of the original plan and that's the reason none of the face moves so i guess i'd say out of probably all the creature effects type of stuff that's really the only one that looks kind of meh but it's because it was a short notice deal Mm -hmm. but overall the effects were good um i don't feel like any of the acting was really terrible (laughs) i Um, think of one that was a little stiff charlie got on my nerves a little bit, but I think that's more of a, a character issue than, mm-hmm. you know, an acting problem. The dad. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> Billy Greenbush, some of his line delivery was a little weird in places. This phone is dead. He he made some choices, <laughs> but he didn't have like a ton of speaking parts. So it wasn't he really like didn't. A, it wasn't didn't, a deal breaker. Yeah. And he did fine yeah. for like the attack scenes and all that. He, he wasn't he unbelievable. Did. The soundtrack, which I say soundtrack. Would you call it a theme song for this song? They really, really wanted us to know the song. But you know what? I think it was written for this movie. It was. I'm just going to go on record and say I love the fuck out of this song. I and, like Up until recording, I was singing it. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool that they made like a full-on 80s power ballad. Yeah. And you know what? Terrence Mann's a terrific singer. So... That's I fine. just knew, I knew he was lip syncing. He wasn't. No, dude can sing. So, yeah, but but then again, he was a Broadway performer, so. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what was he said? There was a quote from him, and it was, was something like, movies make you famous, TV makes you rich, uh, Broadway makes you good. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that was from him. It was in his bio. That could just be another lie or inaccuracy of <laughs> a, a, a falsehood thrown out by imdb i don't know anyway I, I i should have the imdb app as much as i'm on it like every time i watch a movie i automatically i've got to learn everything about it or i go on youtube and i've got to learn everything about it so whether it's true or not what they put on there all the time i really don't care i love just learning facts i soak them up that's yeah. why i'm an endless encyclopedia of useless knowledge yeah so you know earlier you said that i had like 22 pages of notes for yeah. some of the Halloween movies. I never made it to 22. Thank you very much. <laughs> I did make it to 16. Once. You had a whole binder of notes. I, it's not a binder. I have a file <laughs> on the computer. Anyway, 
But it was because I'd see crazy stuff on IMDb and then have to go fact check it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, not super accurate. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what I had to do with some of this stuff. But what else did I like about the movie? I think it's a good story overall. I mean... It's a very simple story. It is. It's really straightforward. It's I don't want to say it's an honest story because that really doesn't make sense. But it's what you see is what you get. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You know, I like a a pretty straightforward story. We know you're simple. (laughs) simple jack <laughs> i wouldn't go there I, i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it i, I have i have a, a robert downey jr thing on, on it's like You'd say will smith's gonna show up and slap the shit out of you <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah don't make jokes <laughs> you just don't, now all i can see is robert downey jr in tropic thunder it's all i can see yeah, don't do it i'm not gonna do it i want to <laughs> don't do it anyway um, speaking of Simple Jack, that pretty much encompasses Charlie's character. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, the, the other bounty hunter guy on there, what's his name? The guy that Terrence Mann played. Ugg. Ugg, yeah. It was like Derek Zoolander's Blue Steel pose through the whole movie or something. It was a little too much. Too much hair, too much lip. I happen to really like Ugg. I think he's the coolest. He was cool, uh, but yeah, I think that's it. I kind of there's nothing that I can really put my finger on that I just would say I disliked this. Okay, so no dislikes from you then. Not really. I mean, well, I'll, I guess I'll start it from there, and I'll start with dislikes because I really only had two, and they're and they're really just nitpicks. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Is this a Canadian film? <laughs> no, this was shot in California. <laughs> oh, damn, so, that's a first. I know, right? We're we're moving back into the states. <laughs> Canada's going to disown us. (laughs) We done apologizing to Canada. We've apologized to them so many times. But I feel like we really have shown them so much love throughout this series. Yeah. 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 We've covered quite a bit of Canadian horror. Seriously, this is the first movie that neither of us has come up with something that we didn't like. That wasn't from Canada. That wasn't either entirely Canadian cast, Canadian everything, or at the very least filmed there. Right. This is it. Wow. That's crazy. Does that make this our last episode? <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> no. All right. Sorry. It just, that little fact dawned on me. Thought I needed to throw it in there. I'm bringing it down. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, um, same thing. I really didn't have anything I disliked um, overall. I said it was just two little bitchy, nitpicky things. And one of them was the character of April. That's her name, right? The sister? Yes. Because, and, and it didn't last throughout the movie. That's why it's just a mild nitpick. Is a really, you kind of end up at the end kind of liking the dynamic between the brother and sister. However, in the beginning, I found myself annoyed because she was full on antagonizing Brad. And the parents were just like, Brad, stop being an asshole. And it's like, dude, she's sitting there picking on him. Like, everybody knows when you have siblings, you cover for them. You don't go out of your way to tell on them. I mean, my siblings did that to me, but I have noticed with our teenage son and daughter that they tend to cover for each other. Oh, they're thick as thieves. Oh, yeah. So, if you have one sibling that's trying to be sick, I use air quotes, to be sick because there's an exam coming up at school, then usually the other one's like, oh, yeah, 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 they were up last night and they weren't feeling good and they came and got me or whatever. Oh, yeah, they're totally sick. But no, she was just like straight being an asshole to him and he he gets blamed. And ultimately, Brad's a good kid and I would say that he's the hero of our movie, so... he's going to grow up to be a serial killer, clearly. (laughs) But not a bad kid. No, he was, I thought he was very brave and very resourceful and he protected his family because let's be honest here, the dad was pretty useless for about 80% of the movie, maybe 90. Okay. Counterpoint, that boy was making pipe bombs in his room. (laughs) Okay. Hey, those pipe bombs saved the day. Okay, but he didn't know he was going to need them for that. (laughs) What was he building those for? To fuck with his sister, clearly. And he was calling them firecrackers yeah it was a fucking pipe bomb (laughs) oh honey i've heard some stories about your teenage years so i wouldn't even go there mr dry ice you know what the only reason (laughs) i didn't make some too is because i didn't have direct access to (laughs) gunpowder 
anyway, um, and then, yeah, to bring Charlie back up, he's not really, I mean, maybe he is some people's favorite character. He's not really one of mine. Um, I found him to be kind of tedious and annoying. And I did think it was funny that there was, there's, I mean, I don't know that, that M. Night Shyamalan did it with intent, but I did see a parallel between- What? No. <laughs> I see what you did there. I did see a parallel between the character of Charlie and the character of Meryl from Signs. That you had this person who was going to be a professional ball player or, you know, maybe minor league, whatever. And maybe did something well. And he's turned... What the fuck? Why are you sitting over here turning red and cheeks puffed out at me? What are you laughing about? Nothing. He could have gone pro. (laughs) Not a doubt in my mind. Oh, God. God! (laughs) Continue. I'll shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, that same thing. Wanted to be a ball player, but circumstances prevented them. In Charlie's case, alcoholism, clearly. I was going to say, those circumstances was Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> That's what, those are the but, circumstances. Uh, failed, failed ball players end up having to fight aliens. So, I'm not saying M. Night wasn't inspired, but you know. Did you just accuse me. him of plagiarism? <laughs> no. 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 Anyway, those are my only two minor complaints. My list of things I do like are a lot longer. So Okay, well, name three. Name... <laughs> you, you know what? You better stop. We are being thorough on behalf of JP. That's right. And so he might want to know what all of my likes are. Yeah. And just for the record, that's the reason the uh, Easter egg episodes don't follow our normal, like, just a straightforward movie review formula. We're digging a little deeper since we're doing these for people Yes, absolutely. So, like you already brought up, it already had really great graphics as opposed to some of the other outer space movies we've seen. So we touched on that. Again, the practical effects and the makeup throughout, I felt were very, very well done. I was really surprised at really sitting there and thinking, fuck, for 1986, this is pretty good shit. So there was one scene to me that stands out above all the others. And I brought it up earlier that it literally scared the shit out of me when I was kid. Not literally, I didn't like shit my pants or anything. <laughs> but I, I specifically remember being a little kid and walking into the living room during the scene where uh Ugg is deciding who he's going to transform into in order to go to earth and there's a really fucking amazing scene where he watches that video of johnny Steele performing in music video and you go through that morphing of his face to change into johnny Steele. now i without having to watch any how-tos or whatever behind the scenes stuff i already know that this is a reverse effect right because and and they seemed like they used reverse shooting in a lot of stuff. I we've seen. I can't tell you what movie, but we've seen. I think this type of effect before. Well, Hellraiser comes to mind for me, where it's like a wax mm-hmm. prop done in layers, and then they melt it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then play the film backwards. Yeah, that, that's that's what comes to mind for me is the Resurrection of Frank. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It looked it looked good. Yeah. So I I walk into the living room and see the scene where he's he's just going from. This green, which that green glowy effect they had around the bounty hunters looked really cool too. Like, I don't know how they did that, but that looked really amazing. I didn't see that, but they did have some good optical effects in this. The only one that I was able to find where they were willing to give away their secret was the red glow in the the critter eyes. Mm -hmm. So those were like a clear acrylic ball or Mm -hmm. whatever. And to get the red glowy effect, they painted the, the back of the inside of the ball or whatever with some kind of coating. Mm-hmm. And then while they were filming it, they shot a red light at the eyes and it reflected off the back of those acrylic balls. And it made them look like they were glowing. Cool. So yeah, I, I walk in the scene and you see this morphing from like uh, alien head down to like bone and muscle and blood. And I mean, it looks like gristle even at one point. It's fucking gross. But I remember walking in and just being like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like it scared me to death when I'm, but I, we're talking about when I was probably four or five years old. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. That's where I've seen that effect before. Oh, 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 right. The Nazis. Yep. Why are, why are we bringing up Nazis again in one episode? Continue. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so I just, I thought that was a pretty, like, you know, at the time it scared me, but, but watching it now with adult eyes, I'm like, that's fucking badass. Like that's amazing work. I'm curious about how long it takes to make one of those wax props that you melt. Like to get all the the different layers. Mm-hmm. 
seems like that would be a very time-consuming process. I don't know. Like, I always thought that I would love to have a career in special effects makeup. I would just thought that would be fun, but I don't know. But anyway, uh, the overall look of the bounty hunters I thought was really cool. Like, their outfits, I like their weapons. The dudes, like, there's the the scene, you know, where they're going into the church, right? Um, And they're going to have this big passage on Sodom and Gomorrah or whatever, because why not? But they both roll up in there to this church, and the first thing I thought of was stepbrothers, them going on their job interview. (laughs) Where to fuck shit up? (laughs) And they literally did. (laughs) They really did. Yeah, I don't even... Like, I was telling you when we were watching it, because when you first get into the scene of the church, the lady playing the, the organ or piano or whatever just wah, was like, the fuck was she playing? Phantom of the Opera? Like, there's some serious shit in there. But I guess if you're going to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, it's some pretty heavy shit anyway for, well, at least for religious people. So. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but no, it just, <laughs> those guys were so cool. Everywhere they went, like, chaos ensued. They were just like terrifying peoples and causing fights and blowing shit up with their weapons like it was really cool well the the unnamed mountie hunter that's not fair is it the one that changed faces three times three or four times first he was the the sheriff's deputy that died jeff yeah and he was basically a zombie looked like a zombie you know yeah and then he took the preacher's face the and reverend that's when they yeah. all freaked out mm-hmm. and then finally charlie's yeah so every person whose face he took well, no, I guess the preacher didn't die. We don't, we don't no, he know didn't. that he didn't. But anyway, um, he was trigger happy. So <laughs> really much was. more so he than really the other was. One. Everywhere they went, he was like, they're coming right for us, Ned. <laughs> and just blowing shit up. And the, the chaos that it ensued, too, because we also, with this very small town, everyone knows everyone. So as soon as something's happened, um, that poor... Poor Sal at the sheriff's office being the dispatcher. She just like couldn't, she couldn't wrap her mind around this person and this person and this person is attacking this place. And then they're going over and shooting up this place. That woman was having the most stressful night ever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and apologize that we're not really going in chronological order here. But like there's through the first half of the movie, she's talking about, I just want to go home. Right. Yeah. Like when Charlie comes busting in and he was like, I need you to call Harv. Call Harv. We need to call Harv. And There's the army. aliens. You need to call Harv. And the army. Call the army. Not call the army mention, and call Harv. Not to mention before that, then she was getting relentlessly hit on by Jeff. So. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in there was, I guess she felt bad about blowing him off. And she calls him on the radio later, which it's already bounty hunter number two, air quotes, um, who has taken over Jeff's body or, well, you know what I mean, replicated him. And she's on the radio and she's like, look, I didn't mean to blow you off. Maybe another time, but I'm really busy. I got to wash my hair. (laughs) It cracks me up so bad. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going with that. (laughs) Is it, and then the back, eh, maybe not the back half, the back third of the movie when it shows her at the police station or the sheriff's station. Mm -hmm. Now, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, she was there and... (laughs) She, it looked like she was wearing a robe and had her hair in curlers. Yeah. But it never explains, like, does she live there? <laughs> Did she go home and get ready for bed and then come back? Yeah. Totally unexplained. Yeah. It was but funny. She, she is just fucking shook and she's sitting there like, I don't know, eating chocolates or something while all this shit's happening at the police station. You got the people from the church, you got the people from the bowling alley all in there yelling at her and yeah, she's a mess and it's it's hilarious. Lynn Shay is is really good underrated character actress. Yeah. Um so I really feel like we should give some continuity to this. <laughs> and we're not we're not trying to do a two hour deal, but so we start in space, their critters are transported there, there's a great variety of aliens, and they all speak English. And then they escape, they come to Earth, bounty hunters chase them, and that you pretty much it's a chase scene from there. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be clear for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. Everybody's I don't think probably they'd be here. I was the only person who hadn't <laughs> seen the movie, okay? <laughs> But we were talking about what I liked about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, the bounty hunters overall, I did, they're my favorite characters in this. I, I loved everything about them. Um, I did like, too, the small town aesthetic of this. Um, the Brown family, for all intents and purposes, very, like, Kent family from Superman, you know? Um, just seemed like your simple, all-American, hardworking family. Um, there was nothing egregious about any one of them. Um and I did, at the end of the day, like the dynamic between Brad and April, and I liked Brad very much as a character. Um, 
And we already brought it up. I fucking love Power of the Night. It's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> like, Johnny Steele was just so cool. And Ugg as Johnny Steele was even cooler. Love that character so much. Um, and just going through, bring, uh, bringing up one specific scene. Um, there was that first, I believe, God, I don't even remember what order this happened in anymore. But they stuff a firecracker in one of the critters' mouth. And you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting for this critter to just blow up and explode. But well, they subvert expectations and his cheeks just puff up really big. And then he just kind of keels over. Yeah. Well, they didn't stick it in his mouth. He threw it at him. Oh, right, right, right. He picked it up and it landed it in his on the mouth. ground in front of the critter. Yeah. And the critter's just like, fuck it, I'll eat that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what happens to any of us after eating out of his- Taco Bell, you just kind of kill over and die. Yeah, it's like a rough Friday night. <laughs> but no, that was that was pretty good. And then I have uh, one more anecdote before we can move on to characters. Um, when I was a kid, we didn't have this on a store-bought VHS. To this day, I don't know how my grandpa got all these movies. I don't know if he... I mean, it surely wasn't called burning then, like the way you'd burn CDs, but you'd basically transfer a movie over from VHS to another VHS. Um I don't know how that worked exactly. I, w- I was little. Like, again, this is... We'll just call it a copy. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was a regular VHS. So the problem is, is that a lot of times you'd have multiple films on one VHS. Like three, I think it would fit about three movies or so. We had a lot of them. Um, and Critters was obviously the last movie in one of our VHSs. And my sister and my brothers and I watched the shit out of this movie all the time. The fucked up part was... We did not have enough room on that VHS for the entire movie. So we get to the scene where Harv shows up to the brown house and meets up with the bounty hunters and he lifts him up or something and he throws him. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> bounty hunter number, number two Yeah, uh, as Charlie. Charlie, uh-huh. He picks him up and throws him and then, um, fuck, what's the dad's name? <laughs> Greenbush. Greenbush. Jay. Jay, that's right, because I kept thinking of Mike and Jay. Um, well, the thing is, I don't know that they ever actually call him Jay in yeah, the, the wife, Yeah, the, the wife does. She calls um, him Jay throughout the movie. But um, he picks him up, throws him, Jay goes over, and he asks him, ask Harv if he's all right. And the, in, the line in its entirety is, I swallowed my chewing tobacco. But the way the VHS went was it cut off right at, I swallowed my chewy. And then it started to rewind the tape. So (laughs) my brothers and I, I'm sorry, I'm just dying because I can hear my brother saying it. We walked around for years saying I swallowed my chewy. To this day, I could text my brother right now and say I swallowed my chewy. And he'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) What the fuck, Ashley? So I texted while we were watching, I told Travis, I'm like, so I'm not as familiar with the movie beyond the point of I swallowed my chewy. (laughs) So I texted my sister, quote, I swallowed my chewy. And then she called me and goes, what? (laughs) I have a feeling that Robin would have done that in any way. I'm like, dude, don't you remember? And then, of course, I explained it to her. And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) So you've seen critters a hundred times except for the last 10 minutes (laughs) which you've seen twice um probably more than twice (laughs) but i'm just not as familiar with that last 15 20 minutes or so as i am the first part of the movie so yeah so why don't we take this time to talk about our uh characters we liked didn't like indifferent about you go first why you keep putting me on the spot like that because it's my job i don't like your job I don't like my job either, Mr. Mike. So, uh, let's see. Favorite characters. I like the bounty hunters. I know they don't talk a lot, but they're kind of like precursors to the Terminator. Well, no, they're actually not. No, because Terminator um, came first. That's 84. Yeah, that's, I mean, you get kind of a similar vibe. They really don't talk much. Mm-hmm. Um, they're disguised as humans mm-hmm. and they go around and tear shit up. Yeah. Yeah. They're Terminators. Yeah, they're <laughs> so, there on a single mission. Yeah, and they really don't give a shit about anything else. Um, and there's something vaguely phallic about the rifles that they carry because <laughs> they have to extend them before they shoot. And then after they shoot, they go back to normal. 
<laughs> and I think it's funny that they designed them that way and nobody looked at it and went, you know, <laughs> it's maybe that's not a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was good. I think I like them better than the human character. I, I, just, I just, yeah. Well, I think I have a, a soft spot for Brad just because I got a lot of uh, London vibes. Our daughter, uh, she's 14. Um, I got a lot of her, like her personality from him. So I think I, I had a soft spot for him a little bit because she'd be the first one to crawl out of her window, climb the trees. If there's a strange noise, she's going to investigate and she's going to be the bravest one of our, of our kids. She's the one we would need to hide the gunpowder from. That's also true. She's probably making explosives in her room as we speak. Somebody should go check on her yeah (laughs) but no i just and she's always i mean i hate to say it she's almost always the one in trouble because she's just she can't leave well enough alone sometimes but at the same same time i think that that lends to resourcefulness a lot yeah i'd say that's pretty pretty fair description of little brother so i don't know he was he was okay i mean he he wasn't your typical just like bratty little brother character Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that Mm-hmm. But he didn't really stick out to me as a favorite necessarily. Charlie didn't either. And I feel like the way they wrote it, maybe they kind of wanted him to be more center stage. Mm-hmm. And I know he had his, his hero moment at the end where he's, uh, you know, he they... They set up what? him being a, a pitcher for a reason, obviously. They did, but... Like, swing away, Meryl. You know, at the end, when the the giant critter, uh, April gets shot in the neck with one of their little spines that makes her fall Wills. asleep or paralyzes yeah. her or whatever, mm-hmm. he drags her back to the ship, and they're about to get away. And, of course, Danny, what's his name? Little Brad? brother. Brad. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, Brad. And he, you know, he goes to rescue her, right? And Charlie's kind of with him, but... He gets her out and he drops his little pipe bomb inside the ship, but he didn't get it lit first. Of course, then uh, Charlie's got his bottle of bourbon and nothing to light it with. So they get it lit and he throws it. And if he was going to be a major league pitcher or something, I don't think that pitch of his improvised Molotov cocktail would have made it to home plate. (laughs) That was the worst throw I think I've ever seen. It was bad. I got to give credit to the actor, though, because, you know, he's playing Charlie as a bumbling idiot or whatever, but he really, like, turns it on to play the second bounty hunter. He just goes completely serious, starting with that keep your shirt on asshole line. We're like, oh, okay. Like, so yeah, credit to that, that actor. You know, it's interesting that you just pointed that out because honestly, in the movie, I looked at them as two totally different people. Yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. In my mind, I didn't put them together as that's the same actor playing two parts. I thought of them as two totally separate people. Just slicking back some hair and changing an outfit. (laughs) So good job on the actor. Yeah. (laughs) That's really it. That's all I got for characters. Yeah. Um, the critters, of course, were a character in and of themselves. And the part where they're on the front porch and one of them talking like, we should go in. And the other one's like, but they have weapons. <laughs> and the other one says, so what? And then D. Wallace pokes the shotgun barrel out and blows the other one away. Yeah. And the remaining critter goes, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's actually Isabel's favorite part. I'm ashamed to admit a little so, bit. So... <laughs> I like it. Well, if she watches it with no subtitles, then she's not going to know what they're saying anyway. <laughs> right. Um, but I like it that they there was some comedy to mm-hmm. the critters. Uh, I don't know how they pursue that in the later installments. You told me that I don't need to watch any of the other critters movies. I think uh, I think there's a lot of love for part two. Also, that was directed by Mick Garris, um, which if you're familiar with him, he does a lot of Stephen King adaptations and stuff. We may come um, back to those at a later time. Then. Yeah, but the only other one I really recall watching was part three that had baby Leonardo DiCaprio in it. And I think I saw that on the Sci-Fi Channel once, but I couldn't tell you anything about it except that they're in the city and Charlie is in it again. Yeah, and you know, I think I saw this somewhere. Didn't they just come out with another one a couple of years ago? I think so on the like Sci-Fi Critters Channel. Attack? Yeah. I, I haven't seen any of them beyond part one, really, to be honest. I hadn't seen part one, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyway, the Critters themselves as a character, I guess I like those two. So I They're mostly cute. like the non-humans in this movie. Yeah. What about you? That's fair. Um, Basically everything that you said, but there was something very strange about the character of April to me. Um, We were discussing her date with Steve. Uh, This is what Brad calls the dork from New York. Um, And he comes in and, you know, it, it subverts expectations a little bit, the dynamic between those two, because this girl is hella thirsty for some reason. <laughs> it's almost like... The more she pushes it on him, the more he's 
like, do I want it? Yeah, like, he's very apprehensive. <laughs> he starts to question whether or not he should go there. <laughs> yeah, because... And I think he's scared of her dad. It, it could be. I just thought it was very strange that she's all like, yo, we gonna do this or what? And he's very, I don't know. I don't know if we should be doing this. And that's just not typical for this type of movie. No. She was very sexually aggressive and, and, and you know, that's cool. <laughs> I just didn't expect it. Well, what... For me, I guess, was unexpected was not necessarily that she was more aggressive. It's that Billy Zane's character was not responsive to it. Yeah. Because typically in movies, he's kind of the ladies man. And it was it was an interesting. Is he, though? Well, in the, in the shit I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Every time I think of Billy Zane, bleh. Now I can't talk. Every time I think of Billy Zane, all I think about is, well, then they're, 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 motherfucker. Yeah, but he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't he decide or try to seduce uh, Jada at some point in that movie? Well, kinda? I wouldn't say he's necessarily trying to seduce her in a sexual sense so much as he's just trying to get the cosmic key from yeah, her. But then in Twin Peaks, he was whatever I mean, yes, he was. he played, he I'm played I'm just saying that the, the stuff interest. that I see, he, that's not necessarily a typical yeah. thing for his, the character. It's also not typical play. for him to have hair, but here we are. Did he have hair? He had hair. Like, I think that might, apart from Twin Peaks, maybe the only role I've ever seen him have actual hair in. I'm so used to him being bald, I didn't even <laughs> notice that he had hair. You thought he just came out bald from birth? Well, maybe. <laughs> I really didn't notice that. I really do love Billy Zane, though. Like, he's... <laughs> for that matter, I don't know. Does he have hair in Demon Knight? No, he's bald in Demon Knight. Okay. Yeah. Say so now, now I'm questioning everything I've I ever think, seen him. Uh, I think the hair he had in Titanic was a wig. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn, Billy Zane used to have hair. <laughs> he's he's going to be thinking about this for a very a long time, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's have a moment of silence for Billy Zane's hair. Oh, I hope he doesn't ever <laughs> listen to this. Anyway. But... Yeah, um, I guess I guess nobody really stood out to me so much as is yeah the bounty hunters Brad um, and and then Sal because she she was I did get a few chuckles from her so now an interesting thing about this film I just said film instead of movie holy shit wow. that's a first how grown up of you yeah but really this is just a movie anyway um, is that it was rated PG thirteen yeah I found that very strange and uh, granted there's not there's some some effects right like the bounty hunter transformation that could be considered gory and to bring bit. up Billy Zane again his his attack it was violent but in the grand scheme of things there was blood not a lot mm-hmm. I mean not like probably what we're used to now but um, child's play was rated R mm-hmm. it has to be for language it has to be what what are your thoughts that same thing I thought because I was watch I was going through this and I'm like wow some of this stuff seems you know it's surprising that it's got a pg-13 rating uh, just because of the violence i mean i know that you're saying at the end of the day it's not very gory but i mean the scenes that it is i mean it it kind of is gory yeah and i mean there's only one use of the f word in the whole movie and i can't really think of just a whole lot of language apart from that except for small really non-offensive curse words yeah and the the uh the person that says fuck is a critter right so. And it's a subtitle. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only, I don't know. What's what's crazy too is that this one's PG-13 and I think, well, I would have been six years old when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. This one probably would have scared me more than some of the other rated R movies that we've right. reviewed. Yeah. That was my thought was, I, I, I mean, I talked about it. I was legitimately scared in the transformation scene. Yeah. Well, not even the transformation scene, just the concept of critters. I think would have gotten to me a lot as a child. Um, what gremlins? Didn't? Gremlins scared me, <laughs> right? The idea of some little thing running around. Think and... critters scared a lot of us. So I don't know. It's just unusual to be thinking that my child self would have been scared by a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, but then again, you're afraid of The Ring and The Grudge, and I believe both of those are PG thirteen for valid reason. <laughs> valid reasons all around. Those things are creepy. Yeah, we're not doing J horror on the show. <laughs> We're not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just was a little surprised that this was PG-13. Yeah. So, But then again, this feels like, um, well, like for instance, this is one of Isabel's favorite horror movies. This is one of those, I feel like it's a safe introduction, less scary horror no film to watch. No nudity, of course. At all. So, Which is unusual for an 80s horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's just, that's just strange. Um, Yeah, I can't, I don't know. I don't, I, I can't explain it, I guess. It just, I, watching some of those scenes, I thought, I can't believe that this is... Not rated R, but 
that's just me. So, but it's a, a, at the end of the day, this is one of those fun creature movies. Um, you put it on, have a good time with it. Is it one of my favorites? Do I keep it in regular rotation? No, I do own it, of course, because what kind of horror fan would I be? Um, but it's still just fun to be had. You know, everybody likes different flavor. And, and for me, a lot of this is based on purely off the nostalgia for, you know, my childhood and stuff. But um, is this a movie that you personally would recommend to people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, it's, it's just a fun movie to watch, mm-hmm. I think. Um, now, I haven't really advocated this in the past because I feel like several of the horror movies that we've watched, you, you probably need to be paying attention to to get the point of them. Um, this one, though, seriously, kick back, get some popcorn, have a couple beers, have a good time. Yeah, that's exactly. It's just that kind of movie. It, it's, I mean, you can laugh at it, throw popcorn at your television, whatever. It's it's just a good movie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can make fun of. There were several uh, E.T. Easter eggs in there other than D. Wallace. Well, I was trying to decide if the cat being named Chewie was in reference to Chewbacca. and to then Star a, Wars. Yeah, and yeah. then having the E.T. doll in there. Yep. But you know what I was thinking? I was having this thought throughout watching it. Uh, this was very reminiscent of if you have some kind of infestation of, in your house. <laughs> Like, think about it. I don't I don't have a tremendous amount of experience with this, but a lot of us can't go and afford to have exterminators come out and take out anything. But I thought this is like if rats would just think about it really hard. If rats were to take over your house, you know, they get in, they fuck with your wiring. All right. Well, I got we interrupted. Have a <laughs> And so a few episodes back, well, I think it was like one of our first pillow talks. We said, if anybody's going to interrupt us whenever we're recording, they have to have a speaking moment. So we just got interrupted by our youngest and we have brought her up a couple times is really, really liking this movie. So Isabel, why don't you come and tell the nice people listening to us what it is you like about the movie Critters? Okay. So I'm sitting here with Isabel. Isabel, do you like the Critters movie? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part? You don't have a favorite part? Mm-hmm. But they can't hear a shrug. Mm-hmm. movie is cool. Okay. Do you have a favorite character? <laughs> who's they your favorite character? They can't hear you They can't hear either. a nod. Which, who's your favorite character? <laughs> the Critters. You like the Critters? Yeah. What do you like about the Critters? They're funny. They're funny? Mm-hmm. But you like anything that's furry, don't you? Dogs, cats, Critters, all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being so elaborate, Isabel. <laughs> so, Isabel, do you think other people should go watch Critters? If they haven't seen it before, should they watch it? Yes. Yes? Yes. All right. All right. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Isabel, everybody, let's give her a hand. <laughs> All right. Isabel, do you want to say goodbye? Bye. Where are you? Oh, get closer. <laughs> Bye. All right. Good job. <laughs> Bye, Isabel. Bye. Sorry about that, folks. I'm not. (laughs) It's an adventure every time we sit down to do this. (laughs) Right. So as I was saying before, um, they break into your house uninvited. They chew up your wiring. They get into your shit. They eat your food. And so I just thought, yeah, I wonder if, you know, that was the thing that was thought of. Maybe. Some kind of infestation. <laughs> yeah. I think I read somewhere, probably on IMDb, so I don't know how accurate this is, but that uh, it was spawned off of a like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I could see... Maybe he had a rodent problem. I could see this, <laughs> some similarities maybe being drawn between this and some kind of pest invasion. Yeah. I mean, they are pests. Well, the other thing I thought of, and this I do have personal experience with, was our dogs. And not not these dogs specifically, but we did have a dog once. He was a Jack Russell. And we didn't know anywhere near what we know now about what you do with dogs when you leave your house. So we left this dog to its own devices. And I don't remember what we went out to do. Fuck, it's been years and years ago. And upon returning back to our house, we found pillows, couch cushions, dog bed, toys of all varieties, shredded up all over the floor and i i thought i want i thought i was gonna cry like do you remember that i do (laughs) but i remember leaving the house thinking okay we're not gonna be gone long he's got plenty of food he's got water he's gonna be good we had him blocked in to the kitchen Mm -hmm. and we weren't gone that long 
<laughs> hour. And everything he could reach, he destroyed. Yeah. So the scene where the critters are just wreaking havoc on Brad's room, they're on the bed tearing the pillows to shreds or feathers everywhere. That's immediately what I thought it was walking into that house and just seeing stuffing all over the floor. Yeah, it looked like, uh, I don't know. Like it snowed in there. <laughs> Something like the Muppets exploded in the kitchen. But yeah, I guess I could see that. Which is, that was a really, that was a fun scene to begin with. Um, and, you know, I had the little fun music going in the background and they're just chewing up shit and destroying shit. But I will say that even with all of that destruction, they did not cause nearly as much damage to that house as the bounty hunters did. Because those fuckers showed up and just started fucking blowing their house up. <laughs> yeah, well, because they go in and, well, I guess everybody had gotten out except for Brad. Uh-huh. And yeah, Brad he went back in for Chewy. And then when you see the, I guess it's the big one, mm-hmm. really, like really see it for the first time. And it grabs him and he's trying to get away. And uh, Ugg shows up mm-hmm. and pulls out his extendo gun <laughs> and just blasts a fucking hole in the wall. Like it goes through the wall, destroys the toilet. It just, massive, massive damage. And then the other guy's downstairs, like blowing the stairs apart and throwing people out windows. <laughs> Zero fucks are given. <laughs> Like, honestly, at the point at the end of the movie where the house blows up. <laughs> you did. That, I was going to say, you did, did enjoy that scene very much. Of that. So <laughs> as, the, as the critters are leaving in their spaceship, well, their, their stolen spaceship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before the pipe bomb goes off, they fly up to the brown house and shoot it with lasers. Laser? <laughs> yeah. Which I heard that that, uh, that sound effect was stolen from the Y fighters. Type Y, some kind of fighter um, in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That that's where they got the sound effect from. That's cool. Yes, it blows up their house. And I thought, after all the damage those other two assholes did, a match is really what it needed. <laughs> right. But I, just, I also liked... Just like, burn that bitch down and claim the insurance, because shit. I, I also liked that as they blow the house up, the critters are fucking laughing at them. Oh, they they think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, somebody was... I'm sure one of those critters had a finger hanging out. <laughs> Out the window while they were right. doing that. Do spaceships have windows? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But at least the bounty hunters ended up fixing the house at the end, which again was another reverse shot that was pretty cool. So I, I was enjoying stuff like that. But I, I would I like think... to see how that scene was done. Yeah. Because they put the house back together, but you don't see like a reverse of an explosion. It's like a house just being reconstructed. It's like if you went up and just pushed it over or squished it. And then it comes back together. So I, I would like to see how they did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen explosions rewound on film before, right? Where it's mm-hmm. kind of whoop and the fire goes in. I've never seen one done quite like that before. Yeah. I'd like to see how they demolished the house to do that. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. And originally, that's not how they intended to even end the movie. Originally, it was intended that the house was going to be destroyed and it was going to show them coming back the next day to the aftermath, picking up Chewie and then leaving. But... Uh, at the end of the day, they wanted a, a happier ending, so that's we got the house being rebuilt. And I would think after everything these poor people have went through, it was much deserved. And and poor Jay, that shoulder is going to be trash forever. Like he, he was attacked what twice on that same shoulder. It's going to look like he got attacked by Jaws <laughs> on that shoulder. Yeah. Um, which we left out some some pretty critical information here. I feel. Oh, really? What's that? Yeah. Now I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I had it until you were like, oh, what's that? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. But um, no. So before the bounty hunters left, right, after the critters have been defeated and all that, um, Ugg, uh, he mashes a thing on his belt because the little boy tells him thank you. Brad tells him thank you. And he hands it to him and he says, call me. Mm-hmm. And then that next morning when they come back and they're standing there looking at the house, you hear a beeping and he pulls out this little, it's like a light up American Express or something. <laughs> it's like a little, like a beeper or yeah. whatever. He mashes the button and then the house comes back together. Mm-hmm. So, But he had left a, a way for for Brad to contact them, mm-hmm. I guess, if they ever need it, which, of course, he would need to because as the movie's over and we're painting away, we see critter eggs in the destroyed chicken coop. Yep. And I found that strange. How do you suppose their reproductive system works? Because if there were males and females, it was never alluded to. Are they just like asexual or something? I don't know. Yeah, they didn't very, cover that. Very strange. Like if they just lay random pre-fertilized eggs, if there's sex involved, I, I don't know. And they look like little armadillos or something almost. Yeah, they're very scaly looking yeah. eggs. Dragon eggs. <laughs> they right? leave dragon eggs. <laughs> oh, they were waiting for Daenerys. Anyway, 
that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I think that's going to about do it for this episode of you, Dead and Married. Yeah, no, 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 no. You never said if you would recommend this movie. Oh, I'm sorry. My opinion matters now? Well, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> Yes, yes, the answer is I would absolutely recommend this movie. Um, like I was saying a while ago, it's just it's just a great time. You know, if this is a movie from your childhood, you haven't seen it for a long time, go back, rewatch it. Like it just it brings back all kinds of warm fuzzy memories for me, you know, makes me think about my my brother and sister, so yeah, it's a good yeah. time to be had. But we need to be very clear for people who go out and maybe they haven't seen it in a long time or they haven't seen it at all and they decided to listen to this podcast anyway. It is very straightforward. Yeah. Very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Can't go into it too serious. Seriously. Invite some people over. Get some snacks. Just have a good time. And watch it. Are we allowed to wrap up now? Yes, you can wrap up now. <laughs> I know you're in a hurry to get done. Well, some of us have to work tomorrow. <laughs> some of us have to edit this. So, yes, please wrap it up. <laughs> Anyway, guys, so so we're going to hand out another Easter egg next week, and this title might be controversial to some. What is it? Is it going to be controversial to me? <laughs> um, Probably, but it will also be controversial to anyone who is not a fan of Eli Roth movies, and I can already think of three off the top of my head. <laughs> Those being, again, our good friends over at Podmortem, please, again, go check these guys out if you haven't already. But next week's Easter egg will be handed out to Green Inferno superfan. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> my make little... that four people that are not a fan of that movie. Or Eli Roth. <laughs> my little sister Robin. This is especially for her. She loves this movie. I love this fucking movie. I am an Eli Roth apologist. I know I'm in the minority here, but I happen to really enjoy this movie. Um, Cannibal Holocaust is a hard movie for me to watch for obvious reasons. Um, Least of which is the rape and torture, but the poor, poor turtle. You know what? I watched, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust. I think I watched it out of morbid curiosity and I was like, oh man, it's bad. And then Green Inferno came out and I watched it. And I remember the thought that I had after I'd watched it. I thought, okay, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust. I've seen The Green Inferno. God damn, at least I never have to watch that shit again. <laughs> so thank you. I am so, so sorry. You're not that sorry. <laughs> no, I'm really not. because <laughs> I fucking love that movie. That's going to be a beer episode for me. <laughs> well, keep in mind, we still have to record after. So. Oh, I am. <laughs> but anyway, so next week... Robin, my sister, that one will go out to you, and we love you. We're glad you're supporting us and and coming back every week. So anyway, guys, same thing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for putting up with us. We know that we kind of go in a non-traditional format for this. Um, we're, we're not going to be perfect ever. We're not always going to have remember the actors' names every time. We're not always going to remember all the facts. I'm not going to try to remember the actors' names at all, really. And Donald Pleasance. And I know we say this all the time, <laughs> but <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> I'm never, never going to let that down. <laughs> this Which is I got America. It, I got it wrong through like six movies, so. But... If you're here with us and you're getting some laughs out of it, and hopefully we're making your Friday, thank you from the bottom of our yes. hearts. Thank y'all for coming back. So, and on that note, we will see you next week with The Great Inferno. Take Can't care, wait. guys. Bye. Hey guys, quick reminder to find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as SpookyMom83 and Travis on Twitter as TravisL80. And find our official page on Instagram and Twitter at Dead and Married. If you have any questions or suggestions for films or otherwise, feel free to email us at deadandmarried at yahoo.com. Later.